0: It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Josh Kirby on Sports podcast, we will have some NFL Week 2 action for you. It's shaking up in the National Football League already. We'll have some college football talk, a look at some scores as well, and we'll talk about the NHL coming back preseason and a look ahead. All that and so much more. Make sure you stay tuned.
1: This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast.
0: All right, back with you on another episode of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Josh Kirby. As always, before we get into this episode, we are part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network. Make sure you find Quentin and his team over at www.mayoplease.com. You can find the Mayo Please on all streaming platforms, including Twitter, for the social media platform. You can also find us All streaming platforms, the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast and on social media. Just search the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. We're brought to you by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you find a bag today inside your local Martins, Food Line and Giant stores. And our brand new sponsor, PM Plus Reserves. They've been doing reserve studies in the District of Columbia area for a long time now. They're a great group of guys and... um. I appreciate them um, getting us a sponsor a sponsorship with them. So thank you to PM Plus Reserves. As always, thank you to Dave Johnson and J.R. Beats Official for our music as well. Got all that out of the way. It's time to talk some NCAA football, a brief NCAA scoreboard, then some week two of NFL. But before we do that, we got another special guest. We got... Um, a pretty special person who knows a lot about sports. That's why I had to get him on. Colin Dinsmore calling into the show today. Colin, you there?
2: I am, Josh. Good to be with you.
0: Yes, sir. How, how's it going? How, how's things in the sports world treating you? Like um, Anything exciting happen for your Saturday and Sunday in the sports world?
2: Uh, well, eventful. I don't know about exciting, as we'll find out. Uh, later when we talk about the Steelers. It was uh, somewhat of a rough weekend for us Steelers fans. My uh, dad is a Jets fan, and I told him after Sunday that I can finally relate to how he feels (laughs) now that we're 0-2 and missing our quarterback, but we'll get into that in a bit.
0: Yeah, so um, running down a college football scoreboard really quick, Um, Mm -hmm. just a few teams I want to go over. Alabama still undefeated. Whoop, whoop. 47-23 47-23 over South Carolina. Um, Oklahoma over UCLA. And Oklahoma, just quick touching on that, Jalen Hurts, a monster transferring from Alabama, lost the starting role from Tua Tug-, Tug of Viola. And he's still on a roll in Oklahoma, still 3-0. Ohio, Ohio State 51-10 to over Indiana. We got florida in a nail biter against kentucky florida was a team i thought would struggle after they lost quarterback felipe franks um for the season so it's crazy to see florida get three and oh over a somewhat tough kentucky team in that game we got Pitt in Penn State. I'm not sure if you're a fan of either of those, Colin, since you are from Pennsylvania. But 17 to 10, Penn State. Well, you know,
2: Pitt is my alma mater, so I was watching.
0: Oh, oh so uh, Pitt—they're uh, struggling this year, I'll tell you that. But Penn State continues three and zero with a 17 to 10 win. Any takeaways from that game?
2: Um, I think the biggest takeaway is, and I, and I love Pitt. They're just not very good. So I think even though Penn State got the win, I would be very, very concerned if they continue to play like this uh, as they get deeper into the Big Ten schedule.
0: Yeah. Um, other scores for you Arizona State upsets a ranked number 18 Michigan State, Iowa, the number 19 Iowa over. Iowa State 18 to 17 a lot of close games but then you have number 21 Maryland who looked sharp their first two games and then lose to Temple 20 to 17 so that was another upset but not really that many close games i want to say um BYU upsetting a 24th ranked USC in overtime and UVA i Fully expected this to happen, UVA over Florida State for the first time, and who knows when. Thirty-one to twenty-four. So, um, that wraps up the NCAA football scoreboard for Week Three for them. Um, but let's get into a crazy Week Two of NFL. Um, as a whole, Colin. Before we can begin, what were your thoughts without like? divulging any details on what Mm -hmm. we get into what were your thoughts about this crazy week two as a whole
2: in a lot of ways i think what happened on the field wasn't all that unexpected a lot of close games Uh, i've noticed that scoring tends to be a little bit down from uh, maybe what we've seen uh, a few years ago but you know it's early Uh, and then obviously we'll get into the injuries and trade requests and all those things but Uh, For the most part, I still think we've got a lot to learn just by watching the games every week and and reacting just like we're doing right now.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm I'm excited. So running down the NFL scoreboard, we'll give you our thoughts, news, and everything from the games once we come across it. First off, Thursday night action. Um, It was a very, very sloppy game in my opinion the uh, buccaneers beat the panthers 20 to 14 after a weather delay holds them back the game doesn't get finished till midnight and then reports have it that cam newton apparently hurts his foot in that game and he is going by a day by day basis after not practicing today well um are you surprised by this um what are the thoughts here about cam newton
2: I am a little surprised. I I thought Carolina hung in there week one. They kept it close. It was obviously at home uh, against the Rams, and I really expected them to bounce back. Home teams have such a big advantage on Thursday night, but as you mentioned, it looked sloppy. It looked like a game that they weren't fully prepared for, and obviously Cam Newton's uh, injury is is not helping. I mean, Carolina at 0-2 was a team that we thought would be in contention for the playoffs, and they still could be, but obviously Cam Newton's health is a very important factor in that.
0: Yeah, apparently he heard it in the game, but still managed to throw for 333 yards with no touchdowns and no interceptions in that game. Tampa Bay, I, I'm surprised coming out with a one and one record after last week's loss, but they came into Carolina and got the job done. Um moving right along the 49ers are 2 and 0 um not so great opponents and Kyle Shanahan still under um as head coach over there in San Francisco a 41 to 17 win over the Bengals um another game i want to get into um the lions upsetting the chargers um this was a game i thought the chargers very well had handled but it looked like it just slipped away in the Giants, uh, excuse me, the Lions came away with the victory at the very end. Stafford throwing two touchdowns for two interceptions with 245 yards. And Phillip Rivers, surprisingly, only has an interception on the day.
2: Yeah, I actually had this the other way. Um, I expected Detroit to keep this thing close, and I wasn't surprised that they pulled it out at the end. I think after what they squandered in the fourth quarter, week 1 at Arizona um i looked for them to bounce back but i also think it's important to point out this offense of the chargers without Melvin Gordon they were missing Hunter Henry this week it's still very talented everybody knows that Philip Rivers is capable of of getting a team a win on any week but this offense is just not quite um the high powered offense that they might need to win some of these close road games so Still, a lot to uh, to prove for the LA Chargers.
0: Yeah, um, that was a great point there. And um, Austin Eckler, sort of carrying this team right. as yep. the o- only back. He got me a lot of fantasy points last week. So. <laughs> I'm hey, with you. Yeah, so I mean, this week he's the only star player on the offense that can help, besides Philip Rivers, because Hunter Henry's out. Four to six weeks, if I'm correct. And um, Melvin Gordon's still holding out. So um, Char- Chargers, still a lot of great talent, but they just right. got to get healthy there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so moving on, the Packers. I know you wanted to talk about this game, but the Packers beat Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota Vikings 21-16 to in a home game in Lambeau Field. Kirk Cousins still not looking like he's worth eighty million dollars after getting um, signed from the Redskins.
2: I think that's a fair assessment. Yes,
0: I—I <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I—I I thought that a little bit last year. He—he he put me up some great numbers in fantasy last week, but this week and not too much. He had two interceptions. But um, mo- moving our focus over to the Green Bay Packers. Looks like Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur are um, developing a good relationship so far. Um, they, they're two and out. What were your thoughts on this?
2: Well, I think this is one of those off-season stories that didn't quite get enough attention. Matt Lafleur has worked for some really talented coaches. He's, um, I think, he's had like something like eight jobs in the last ten years. He's been around. He's built great offenses. And we know that Aaron Rodgers really thrives when he has a great relationship with his head coach. And I think the big thing I've noticed to win two division games to start the year, winning it with defense, winning it with balance on offense. We all know what Aaron Rodgers can do, and he's going to continue to do it. But they really have legitimate playmakers with Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. And if this defensive showing from the first two weeks keeps going, I think this could be one of the favorites in the NFC especially uh with some of the other teams maybe taking a step back because of injuries or some other circumstances.
0: Yeah, I I, I totally agree they do have those weapons in Adams and Jones and I mean the Aaron Rodgers it, he still looks like Aaron Rodgers from yep. a couple years ago and um they I, I, I think they're just going to keep on going, keep on rolling, and um, Kirk Cousins didn't really show much, so um, I'm not sure h- how long he's going to stick around, but I, I think the Vikings definitely overpaid for him. But yet again, it is week two of a brand new season, so well, if I we're... could just
2: jump back in on that, I think um, the the real question for Minnesota is can their passing game travel? They obviously have great. Receivers And Dalvin Cook looks incredible. He has the best running back stats of anybody uh, the first two weeks, if he can stay healthy, obviously he's such a big weapon. But I think your point about being skeptical of Kirk Cousins, that's the most important thing for that team. They've got a defense, they've got a running game, they've got talent on the outside, but it just doesn't seem like since Cousins has been there, he's been able to come through late. And that's what they needed him to do against Green Bay. And he threw through the late interception. Uh so it's it's a little bit concerning if you're the Vikings considering how much talent they have around Cousins.
0: Uh, yes indeed. So I'm um, moving right along here, a game I fully expected would happen. Um the the result would end this way, excuse me. Um the Colts over the Titans, nineteen to seventeen and Jacoby Brissett filling in for um Andrew Luck. After he retired, I, I think he's a good choice. Jacoby Brissett played really, really well with three touchdowns and an interception that game, but they managed to spoil a victory from the Titans, and they came and win a nineteen to seventeen at home.
2: Are we looking at the Patriots and Dolphins next.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, well, um, my computer froze up there, but n- oh, it happens. not a lot to talk about in that one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's
2: either, it's either nothing to talk about or a lot to talk about considering, uh, you know, the state of the dolphins, but
0: yeah, I mean, the state of the dolphins obviously is, uh, are they, they're just struggling, you know, the dolphins, are look terrible. A lot of players want to get traded. And you saw that from Manika Fitzpatrick. He got traded to the Steelers. We'll get into that more, but, and the Patriots, they just looked like the same old Patriots. Um, Josh Gordon, not Josh Gordon, sorry. Antonio Brown came back and caught two touchdown passes if i'm correct i'm just looking up here the computer is very slow but yeah one touchdown he caught one one touchdown touchdown, but antonio brown's back and um don't know if he's gonna get placed on the exempt list after the news that broke from him a couple of days ago about the sexual assault and whatnot. I really don't want to cover it because I covered it on a whole different episode. And I feel like it's a waste of time. Just (laughs) talking about Antonio
2: Brown Brown gets, he has enough people talking about him. So we don't need to (laughs) add to that conversation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But um, another game moving right along the bills over the giants, 28 to 14. This was a very key game for the giants. As you know, Eli Manning, The news broke today that he's getting benched for Daniel Jones. Um, I had a feeling this would happen, but not this early in the season. Um, What are you expecting out of Daniel Jones this year for the New York Giants? And how do you think the Giants can bounce back from an 0-2 start?
2: Well, let me go out on a limb and say that I think Daniel Jones will be better than Eli Manning. Uh, And that is mostly a joke because Eli Manning – has been pretty awful um, for basically a year now. Um, I think this is a sign that Pat Shermer is coaching for his job, and why wait any longer? Let's see if he can build an offense around Daniel Jones, who had some flashes in the preseason. Um, We know it's going to get a lot of coverage. It's the New York Giants, but this result did not surprise me. I thought Buffalo played pretty well. They've got a great defense, and Josh Allen looks very good. Um, I don't know necessarily what to expect from Daniel Jones, but I like that a team is willing to call it like they see it and go ahead and play the best player, and I think Daniel Jones is certainly worth the look over Eli Manning at this
0: point. Yeah, but you can't overlook the fact that Eli Manning has won two Super Bowls with the Giants, and he once was an elite quarterback, but I just think he's on the downhill of his career. And I don't care what anybody says, he's going downhill, but he still deserves to be in the Hall of Fame one day.
2: Yeah, he's got a great resume, but I think those those days are behind him.
0: Yeah, um, Eli with one touchdown, two interceptions on 250 yards. Um, moving right along here from the Bills and Giants to a game we will get a lot of talking to from Colin. The Seahawks and the Steelers, 28 to 26 over the Steelers. Big Ben out for the season in Week Two with an elbow or shoulder injury. Either elbow or shoulder, but anyway, regardless, big Ben's out for the season. Um, I know you have a lot to talk about on this, Colin, so the floor is all yours on this. So
2: obviously it's never um, fun when you lose your starting quarterback or when you start 0-2, much less have them happen at the same time. I don't necessarily think that uh, it's all gloom and doom from this point forward for the Steelers. Not that I have. High expectations, but um, obviously, Big Ben has meant a lot to this organization. But they drafted Mason Rudolph for a reason. They really like Mason Rudolph. They traded Josh Dobbs away to the Jaguars for a reason. Um, And Rudolph looked pretty good. The Steelers players seem very pleased with his performance. I think he's ready to at least see what he can do out there. Um, I think there's a chance that we see. Some early development, early returns from Mason Rudolph. I don't expect him to be anywhere as as accomplished as Ben Roethlisberger, but um, I do think that he certainly has the arm talent to work with a pretty talented offense. Uh, James Conner looked a little banged up, but he says he's good to go. They obviously still have Juju Smith-Schuster and then the defensive addition of Minka Fitzpatrick. The front office doesn't think that the Steelers are out of it, so It'll be really interesting to see um, this week when they go to San Francisco, uh, Rudolph making his first start and it's on the road. It, it'll be a big test for him. Um, and we'll certainly find out a lot about what the Steeler team will look like based on their performance in week three.
0: Yeah, m- most definitely. And what I want to get into this is Mason Rudolph was prepared. He was prepared just yes. in case and as backup should be. And, He, he had a great showing with two touchdowns and only one interception and they almost beat the Seahawks. Yep. But the Seahawks just kept it close and they ended up winning. But I, I like what I saw from the Steelers in that game. Mason Rudolph has a lot of talent and I think, uh, I, I think they can work with Rudolph. Um, I'm not sure what the status of big Ben is in years to come, but could this be the Steelers' answer long term moving forward after Big one well,
2: And one other angle, I think. Um, now Ben says he'll be back, and I think he believes that. But trading your first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick and trusting in Mason Rudolph tells me that if things continued to uh, be unsuccessful this year, that Mike Tomlin could be uh, somebody that is uh, on the hot seat. Um, certainly you could see a scenario where Tomlin and Big Ben are brought back for another chance to, to you know, make another run, but they have been largely disappointing um, with all the talent they've had over the past few years. So it'd be interesting if this trade for Fitzpatrick signals the fact that the Steelers front office is still wanting to go for it and, and they expect um, high quality results from Rudolph and Tomlin.
0: Yeah, I I don't really believe, um, in my opinion, that Tomlin should ever be on the hot seat. Tomlin is such a great coach, and after what he had to deal with last year, with Le'Veon Bell sitting out and the whole Antonio Brown situation, I just think he had a, a there was a lot of drama last year, and I heard some reports saying, oh, could Mike Tomlin be on the hot seat? But he's a great coach, and uh, coach coaching these players is one you got to have on this team. And I, I I think he's going to work on it for next week and they could possibly get the job done. I, I'm not for sure, but I'm going to predict to say they give San Francisco a run for their money.
2: Yeah. I think it'll be closer than, you know, if people think it's just some normal backup stepping in, uh, I think Mason Rudolph seemed to be uh, showing a little bit more promise than that. Based on what we saw in this past week.
0: Yeah. So moving right along here, um, shall we spend an hour talking about what the Redskins should do better? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure you
2: could. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not sure if you watched that game, Colin, but I did. And I mentally prepared myself to, for the Redskins to lose. And I knew it happened. Well, let, Let's get one thing straight here. Case Keenum is not the issue here. He, I agree. He has played excellent. Mm -hmm. past two games uh the running game it's not the issue i mean it sucks darius geis is out but adrian peterson coming back it's sort of huge the defense is sort of an issue but the real issue for the washington redskins is jay gruden I After two games, I've seen it. And Jay Gruden criticizes, saying he doesn't like Adrian Peterson's running style. Are you kidding me? (laughs) It's ridiculous. And yeah, you healthy scratched him. I I bet you he healthy scratched him because he didn't like what he saw in practice and training camp from him, trying to get Darius Geis to do something great, but he gets injured again. And then looking for receiving. Scary Terry McLaurin, you got to, you got to keep him healthy. Scary Mm -hmm. Terry is a must keep for the Washington Redskins. Um, It doesn't help with Trent Williams not being there, but the L line, I, I don't think they played that bad. You know, Case Keenum only got sacked once in that game, if I'm correct, but and he threw two touchdowns. So Case Keenum is not the issue. Jay Gruden is the issue. I, I would love for the Redskins just to kick Jay Gruden off to the curb after the bye week. If the Redskins have a losing record by the bye week, I want Jay Gruden fired. And I think Greg <laughs> should go too. I, I'm sorry, Colin. I'm on my rant here, but – it it's just ridiculous but
2: i think i think manusky is that's almost a given from the the aspects of the game that i saw the secondary i mean there were definitely some communication issues yes the offensive line is is kind of a patchwork but guys like josh norman and you know some of the guys in the back end of that defense just didn't seem to be all that interested in uh tackling they were getting caught up in play action fakes um, not to say the Redskins' defense is terrible. It's difficult when you're on the field as much as they've been on the field, and, and Dallas played very well, but uh, it's it's a team that, as you're saying, you've you got to be careful because it won't take too much more before you have some players that might start to quit on Jay Gruden, and that's that's when it's time to make some decisions, whether it's coordinators or the head coach himself.
0: Yeah, d- d- don't even get me started on Josh Norman. Can he ever, can he even read a defensive coverage anymore? <laughs> he got burned twice, three times maybe from what I've seen. And they're blaming it on Monte Nicholson for checking down on the lower receiver. Come on, Josh, you know Josh Norman's faster than that. I It, it just amazes me. And well, I, 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 I know just...
2: that, I know you will struggle to do this because you you're a Redskins fan, but I'll do it for you. I think that you have to give Dallas some credit. They're the uh Kellen Moore is their new offensive coordinator. They came in with a plan. Um, I saw a statistic and I'm sure you saw it as well, that you know, they've changed their formation usage coming into this uh season. They're using a lot of three receiver, one back sets and they've been very, very successful. Prescott looks good. Obviously Zeke Elliott and Amari Cooper are great weapons, so Obviously, the Redskins, um, you know, need to play much better all around. But I do think that Dallas is is legit, and I, it pains me to say that. I'm sure it pains you to hear it, but I think that's the case.
0: I honestly don't care, and you took the words right out of my mouth. Actually, <laughs> um, Kellen Moore, how old is he? He looks like a 21 year old coach. Yeah, in right. Football. It's but a young coach. He played for the Cowboys, if I'm mm-hmm. correct. And wow, he he did a darn good job. And you talk about the three receiver set, Colin. You have touchdowns from Devin Smith, Amari Cooper, and Jason Witten in that game. So he's spread Dak's spreading the ball around a lot this year. Yeah, he wants and, to get paid. Yeah, yeah, he still hasn't gotten paid, which I'm amazed about. You know, Jerry Jones in his deep pockets, I'm sure he <laughs> can reach something into his wallet and get Dak an extension.
2: I think and, so, too. And Zeke, games Elliott, like
0: that. and Zeke Elliott, he's just tearing it up. The Dallas Cowboys, I they're going to win the NFC East. After week two, that's my bold prediction, they're winning the NFC East. I, I, I mean, you. I'm a Redskins fan, but I have to say it, you know, the, the Redskins, they're going to struggle and they're going to be. I, I don't even, I bet you the Redskins might even lose to the Giants. Who knows? But it, it's going to be a battle for last place between the Redskins and Giants in the NFC East this year. I'll tell hey, you Hey, who that. wants
2: the better draft pick, right?
0: <laughs> hey, I I'd say, Hey, Redskins, just go. zero 16. We can get a first round pick. <laughs> We'd have to compete with the Dolphins there if
2: yeah i don't I don't know if you're winning that one that team is pretty bad,
0: Oh, uh, yeah, so moving right along, who else do we have here, um, the Cardinals and the Ravens, Lamar Jackson's still looking fire he he looks incredible, but it sort of reminds me of. RG three in the Redskins doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I don't want it to happen to him. Lamar looks mm-hmm. great, but it sort of feels like that kind of story is going to come about. Um, just like the RG three era in Washington.
2: I do think it's tough. It's hard to predict the idea of when the league will adjust. I just, I think at some point teams will find a way to just say, you know what? if you're going to beat us, you got to do it with your arm and not your legs. And I I think the addition of Mark Ingram was a perfect addition for the the Ravens. And, you know, obviously I'm not a Ravens fan, but I don't know that they're quite as good as some people think that they are. Um, They were facing a rookie quarterback on his first road start, and he did have a chance to come back and beat them. So um, I'm not sure – who is going to win the AFC North? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Baltimore, but I don't know that it's it's a lock.
0: Yeah, and Kyler Murray on the other end of that game still looks like he's trying to blossom into a good quarterback two games in. He's he's shown a lot of promise, in my opinion, for um, trying to be successful. And yeah, he's
2: looked very good.
0: Yeah, the Cardinals have came back in both those games, tying with the Lions and almost beating the Ravens. And thank God the Ravens won. I picked them in my survivor pool for uh, yeah, week I did the two. Same thing. Yeah. Um, moving on, the Texans and the Jaguars. Um, hot topic. Jalen Ramsey gets into a fight with Doug Marone. He wants to get traded. And the Texans come back and beat the Jaguars 13 to 12 um I I'm surprised Houston didn't beat them by more Deshaun Watson didn't even record a touchdown I I was very surprised by that and Jacksonville playing so tough against Houston with their backup quarterback Gardner Minshew how how do you think he played in that game Colin
2: Uh, it's certainly a tough matchup um and anytime you can Almost come back in a close game. Uh, it certainly helps with your experience. I feel bad for the Jaguars. I like the Nick Foles addition. I do think this is a little bit of a of a trap game for Houston, facing a rookie quarterback coming off a difficult loss against the Saints, where Houston looked very, very good. So I'm not too concerned. I don't think um, DeAndre Hopkins will have too many more games of just 40 yards receiving as he did um, in this one. But one thing I want to mention, and this is really nothing to do with the teams specifically, we saw this twice uh, in the league this week. I really loved Doug Marone going for two to try to win the game. Now, you know, they ended up being unsuccessful, but especially with a rookie quarterback trying to get him uh win, push him across the finish line, I think more teams should start to do things like that. Um, certainly makes it more interesting we already had a tie week one I'd be fine with not seeing any more ties the rest of the year um, but I, all in all I think Houston will be fine and I do think Jacksonville will will struggle certainly the Ramsey situation is not helping
0: yeah and um, I, I remember talking in a future podcast I think uh, previous podcast excuse me last year about going for two to win the game, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to make that gutsy call. I don't a hundred percent agree with it, but I'm starting to realize, you know these these not so good teams trying to win a game or Especially trying, on the road. you know, as it, you just got to do what you got to do to win a game. You know, it is the regular season.
2: Yeah. Now, yeah. if if I could jump in on Jalen Ramsey, yeah, um, I I think I've read reports that. The, um, Jaguars are looking for at least a first round pick. I think teams will be lining up to give that to them. Um, I've seen names rumored like, or teams rumored like Kansas City, Seattle, uh, Dallas has a pretty big need, um, oh, for a guy like Jalen Ramsey. So uh, I think with a guy like, like him with his talent, we saw it with Mika Fitzpatrick. I think that could, he could be a difference maker for a defense. Um, That's willing to part with a first round pick. Um, Eagles certainly need some secondary help. So that'll be something that's really interesting to watch. And if you didn't see it, I strongly suggest uh, going on YouTube or somewhere finding the clip of Doug Marone and Jalen Ramsey on a borderline physical altercation, or it was about to be. Um, That was pretty ugly. I would be very surprised if Ramsey plays again for the Jaguars.
0: Yeah, I I did not even hear about that until you brought that up um earlier before we started this show but um it I mean something like that if I was a coach he'd be benched I'd I'd want to trade trade him because I want players who are all in wanting to play and not being a crybaby like Antonio Brown was for the Steelers. <laughs> I'm yep. not comparing him to Antonio Brown but still I mean there are a lot of players who just just won't play, you know, just shut up and play sometimes.
2: Yep. I'm with you.
0: Yeah. So yeah, we covered all those teams. Um, It's time to take a quick break, Uh, send it over to Jason Kamlowski to talk about his week in fantasy and what's the deal with all these injuries and whatnot. He'll, he'll tell you what you need to do to improve your fantasy teams um, after week two. So um, after the break, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast.
1: Hey guys, Jason Kimlowski here, uh, writer for DynastyFootballDigest.com. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at, at Jason Kimlowski. I uh, appreciate Josh having me on. We're going to talk a little fantasy again this week. Uh, last week went a little bit long, so we're going to try to shorten things up a little bit this week. Just touch on some injury news that uh, mostly has to deal with the quarterback situation with uh, Pittsburgh and uh, New Orleans. Talk about Eli Manning getting benched a little bit. Uh, and just go around the league and and maybe some targets for you this week in fantasy football. But uh, we'll go ahead and start in Pittsburgh where Mason Rudolph is going to take over for an injured uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Looks like Rudolph uh, last week came in, did a really nice job through two touchdown passes to Vance McDonald. uh, Had pretty good control of the offense. uh, Targeted Juju. um, uh, Actually, targeted Juju more than than what Ben did, although the sample size is super small. But he targeted Juju on uh, almost... 24% 24% of his passes, which uh, Ben was only looking at Juju on about 17% of his passes. So, for those of you that are Juju Smith uh, Schuster owners that are a little bit worried out there, you know you may have to temper expectations this week. But I do believe with Mason Rudolph even even coming in for Ben, uh, that Juju is still going to be fantasy viable. Uh, I mean, obviously you, you know you may not have those those true ceiling games from Juju. But if you look at the schedule for the Steelers over the next couple weeks, I mean, they've got Miami, they've got Cincinnati twice. Uh, you know, they're going to play Arizona later in the season. I mean, there, there are some very winnable games on this schedule, even, even with Mason Rudolph. And truthfully, Rudolph has looked pretty good uh, in the preseason. He looked great. You know, second year in the system. So, you know, I think the fact that Two weeks ago, they traded Josh Dobbs to the Jaguars. Probably says a lot about, about how they feel about Mason Rudolph coming in for Ben. And then, you know, they picked up Minka Fitzpatrick uh, just the other day for a first-round pick. So I think that sends a message that they do feel like they can win with Mason Rudolph this year. Uh, as far as some of the other, you know, weapons in the, in the Pittsburgh offense, I think James Conner, uh, you know, looks like he might have got a little bit banged up at the uh, in the second half of the game against Seattle the other day. Uh, They were calling it a knee injury. I know he sat out practice today. Uh, We're recording this on Wednesday, so he sat out practice today. Although he said he would be fine and and he would be able to play, you know, full go this weekend. I do think that uh, Jalen Samuels is going to get some carries, is probably going to get some targets out of the backfield. It'll be kind of interesting to see what they do. Uh, with Mason Rudolph if they decide to try to run the ball a little bit more uh, I know this week you know for San Francisco the strong point of that offense is definitely the the front four I mean they've invested so much uh, on that defensive line so it'll be interesting to see with the Steelers you know how they try to attack Uh, I would think they're probably going to go with uh, more of a short uh, an intermediate passing game try to try to get the ball out quick uh, get Rudolph into into a rhythm But long-term, you know, I think for the Steelers' offensive weapons in general, uh, I would say for James Washington, this is a good thing. Uh, You know, him and Rudolph played, obviously, together in college. Washington was a former Blitnikoff winner. Uh, You know, again, they had a great, um, you know, chemistry in the preseason – and, you know, I think for Washington's sake, uh, this could be a situation, especially with Dante Moncrief looking like he's just not going to be a factor at all. Uh, he dropped another pass on on Sunday that resulted in Rudolph's only interception, and that was a ball that should have been caught. I, I, I would think Washington is probably going to get a lot more snaps. So I think I think what you're probably going to see is probably a shift towards James Washington being more of the, uh, the wide receiver, too, in Pittsburgh. Now, before the season, I had written about him. I was very high on James Washington, uh, and to a degree, I still am. But obviously, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is, is a Hall of Fame quarterback, whereas you know Mason Rudolph is not. But uh, those two, Rudolph and Washington, have proven to have kind of a, a good connection over time. So, you know, you, you might see a, a little bit more of a funnel situation here than maybe you otherwise would have. And really, I mean, the Steelers receivers are just having such a tough time right now getting off uh, coverage. I mean, they're just not getting any separation You know, and for a younger quarterback like Mason Rudolph, you know, it's going to be important for him to be able to have, you know, some room to to throw into these windows, so... Uh, I, I look for Juju to probably work a lot more out of the slot, try to get him freed up underneath, uh, maybe take some deep shots to James Washington early on, try to get the backside of that 49ers defense loosened up a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, James Connor will, will probably t- see anywhere between 15 and 20 touches, and I would see Jalen Samuels probably seeing, you know, 8 to 12. Uh, you know, and I would say in general, the, the offensive pieces for Pittsburgh, you know, I think you've got to downgrade them a little bit. Obviously, Ben last year, you know, throwing for 5,000 yards, I think he's one of those underrated quarterbacks for fantasy purposes out there, but I do believe the Steelers you know think that they can win with Mason Rudolph a quarterback. I don't see the offense changing a whole lot. He did come in, like I said, in the second half through two touchdown passes, moved the ball well. Uh, You know, the defense is going to have to play better. I don't see any reason why the Steelers, that won't be able to put up anywhere, you know, 24 and 28 points uh, this weekend against the 49ers. But it's just a matter of whether or not the defense can slow them down. And I do think that's another thing worth mentioning here. Uh, As long as the Steelers' defense has given up 28, you know, to thirty five points a game, which has really been about where they are. Uh, the Steelers the Steelers offense is gonna have a chance to score points. And they're gonna to have to score points if they're going to, you know, keep up with, with these other teams. So I do think that uh, you know if you're if you're an owner of, of the of the Steelers pieces, I think you've got to hang tight. You know, if you try to sell now you're gonna be selling super low. I don't know that Mason Rudolph has anything more than, you know, maybe some some back end super flex QB two appeal right now Uh, I did not pick him up in any dynasty leagues this week I definitely didn't touch him in any of my redraft leagues probably going to monitor that situation I don't think he was like a super hot pickup this week Uh, But I do you know, I see some potential there with Mason Rudolph. I just don't think the ceiling is super high now moving on to New Orleans You know, of course, Drew Brees, again, is going to be out. It looks like anywhere between six to eight weeks with a thumb injury. Uh, They did come out today and say they were not going to put him on IR. Uh, The interesting thing here, though, is going to be, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater looked really bad on Sunday. Uh, They really did not, you know, in contrast to Mason Rudolph, the Saints never really did get into any kind of a flow offensively. Um, You know, Bridgewater was largely ineffective. Uh, The Saints only scored nine points. I mean, after Breeze went out, it it just really looked like they didn't have much of a plan. Uh, I think this is a massive downgrade to the – Saints offensive players, I mean, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, um, you know, you can't bench these guys. I mean, obviously they are, you know, superstar players. You know, you invested in them, high draft pick, you know, whatever you want to say. But I think it's going to be hard for you, you know, to expect these, these massive ceiling games, especially out of Kamara, uh, I think this probably hurts him more than hurts anybody. I mean, you look at his line last week, you know, 13 carries, 45 yards, hardly involved in the passing game, just one catch for 15 yards. I know the Rams' defense is pretty good, but at the same time, um, you know, Bridgewater just, just didn't look great, only 17-30 for 165 yards last weekend, Um you know, Michael Thomas, you know, he, he's still got his catches underneath, and that's kind of where, where Bridgewater excels. He doesn't really push the ball downfield. So, you know, you, you could still see, you know, a situation where Michael Thomas, I think he's still going to get his targets. But, again, you, you just have to temper the expectations here so much because Breeze is just so good at, at running that offense and getting them into the right play and, you know, getting rid of the ball. Uh, you know, and Teddy Bridgewater right now just isn't. You know, he looked very rusty last weekend, uh, obviously, you know, being thrust into the situation he was put into you know the saints are on the road which right away you know is a downgrade to them but you know they're on the road and then you know this happens to breeze in the first quarter and you know and and you know Bridgewater's kind of forced into action there um but i think i think the the issue here is going to be and it sounds like today that sean payton um thinks that maybe taysom hill uh, and, and, you know, Teddy Bridgewater might might split snaps at quarterback. And it'll be interesting to see. I actually like Taysom Hill. I picked him up in the Dynasty League uh, this morning. He he went unclaimed. Um I mean, I like Taysom Hill coming out of BYU, and, and I think he's he's got obviously the skill set to play quarterback, but he can do so many things with the ball in his hand. The problem is, to this point, he's been kind of a gimmicky player for the Saints. So, you know, it's hard to really say whether or not he'll be able to just run the offense, you know, in, in a way that would would help it function in a way that it did, you know, even remotely close to the way it did with Brees. I don't really see that happening. Um, I see them installing maybe a couple packages for Taysom Hill, um, trying to take advantage of what he does really well uh but again just the whole offense in, in new orleans I, th- I think really takes a hit you know camara i think goes from being a guy that you know could be uh, you know on any given day 150 175 yards with you know six or seven catches and a touchdown to you know having a hard time to get to 100 yards um, and, and having a tough time catching the ball in the backfield. Uh, this makes me completely uninterested in, in Latavius Murray. Uh, I want no part of Traquan Smith because, you know, like I said, Bridgewater doesn't push the ball down the field. I do think this could help Jared Cook. Uh, Jared Cook, you know, he's, he operates underneath. He kind of operates in the same area that Michael Thomas does. Uh, you know, I think so far he's obviously you know, been very disappointing, but I do think this could help Jared Cook. Um, just because that kind of fits what Teddy Bridgewater's game is, you know, as far as just throwing underneath and trying these, you know, these short and intermediate passing rounds, but but really, this is just a massive blow to the Saints. Uh, you know, I think their goal was to try to keep their head above water uh, until Drew Brees can get back. You know, that's probably going to be you know a tall order. Um, just just given that that Brees means so much to this team. Um, you know, and whenever you, you kind of look at their their schedule, I mean you know, this week they go out to Seattle terrible matchup, uh, they got the Cowboys at home, another tough matchup you know, then they go to the, the Saints Jaguars, Bears, Cardinals I mean, this is, this is going to be ugly uh, for New Orleans over the next couple of weeks you know, uh, Seattle, Dallas Chicago um, terrible, terrible matchups, you know, going to Jacksonville, I don't, I don't think that's a great matchup either um, so, I, I don't you know, I think if you're a, a Buccaneer, or I'm sorry, I think if you're a Saints owner, you know, the, your best hope is in a couple of weeks when they play at the Buccaneers. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know that you can you can necessarily look to trade, you know, Camara or Michael Thomas just because, you know, you're just going to take a bath in terms of their value. But, you know, you may just have to hold on for dear life and, and hope you can piece it together. Um, you know, some guys are getting off the waiver wire, but, You know, Drew Brees, borderline droppable, probably in a 12 team league right now, depending on what your quarterback situation is going to look like. Again, you probably picked him up super late in the draft, anyways. um, You know, massive downgrade, Kamara, Michael Thomas, um, maybe bump up Jared Cook a little bit, though. Now, moving on to the Giants. Finally, uh, finally, they are benching Eli Manning, winner of two Super Bowls, Tom Brady, Slayer, all that good stuff, but he is absolutely washed. Danny Dimes, Danny Jones will be getting the start this week. You know, looked great in the preseason. Um, I was high on Daniel Jones coming out of college. When I did my film study last spring, I had him as the uh, second quarterback in this class right behind Kyler Murray. Uh, I felt like he was better than Dwayne Haskins just because at Duke, you know, he was playing behind basically a a turnstile offensive line with very few offensive weapons, and he was still being able to put up numbers. I think, you know, I think Jones coming into the offense, I think his ceiling is probably it's I think it's higher than Mason Rudolph's just because of the mobility factor for Jones. But I think this is probably going to be an upgrade for Saquon, be an upgrade for Evan Ingram, uh, be an upgrade for Sterling Shepard, assuming he plays and gets out of the concussion protocol this week. It it'll be interesting to see for the Giants' sake, though, and and I would have to think that they're going to be kind of committed to Daniel Jones, right? I mean, they wouldn't say that they're going to bench Eli Manning and and throw Jones out there if it wasn't going to be, you know, hey, we this is just who we're going to roll with, you know, we invested a first round pick in him, and and you know we're going to live and die with this guy. I would think Eli is probably done, no matter what happens with Daniel Jones, barring an injury. Uh, again, the Giants, you know, in contrast to the Saints, uh, Daniel Jones actually gets a pretty good matchup this week in Tampa Bay. Uh, he gets the Redskins next week. So that's that's two pretty good matchups for him to start out with. Uh, and I think Daniel Jones, uh, especially in like a super flex, you know, two quarterback league, could have some streamer appeal, um, you know, depending on what your quarterback situation looks like. I would definitely, you know, he would be my preferred pickup probably over Mason Rudolph. Uh, like I said, just because the, the Jones' ability to run, you know, definitely makes his floor a little higher uh, than maybe what Rudolph's floor um is for a guy who you know who doesn't really run the football um but you know Giants offense I think it has to be an upgrade for Saquon Barkley I mean you know Eli was just was just getting him killed I mean there, there was just I mean it was just a mess uh you know Evan Engram he kind of disappeared last week uh, a little disappointing it Looked like in DFS he's going to be the chalk uh, you know, Evan Ingram last week, you know, he only came up. I mean, it's six catches for 48 yards, but you know, I think we were kind of hoping for more of a you know, six catch, maybe for eighty-four yards in a touchdown situation. But you know, tough matchup against the Bills. Um, but you know, not not the greatest game from Evan Ingram. Um Barkley did manage a hundred yards rushing last week, but you know, they're they're just really struggling to get him going in the passing game. Uh, he only caught three balls for 28 yards last week. I do think Jones, this, this will be a big part of what Daniel Jones does is probably tries to get the ball to Saquon, get the ball to Evan Ingram. Um, just, just try to work with his playmakers and, and truthfully, and I wrote this, um, you know, one of my, um, waiver wire articles, you know, it can't, it cannot be worse. You cannot tell me that this could be worse in New York than what it was with Eli Manning. Um, I mean, to me, this could only be considered uh, a net positive for the entire, you know, Giants offensive system. So, uh, I'm high, you know, I like Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones is, is you know, going to do some good things. I mean, obviously, being a rookie quarterback, he's going to struggle a little bit at times. But like I said, two good matchups to start out with. Uh, smart guy coming out of Duke. Um, you know, playing with more talent, even in New York, than he ever played with at Duke. So, you know, hopefully, good things are, are on the uh, horizon for him. And and you know, obviously, uh, hoping for good things for Saquon because you know, he's just so so good. Um, look, some other injuries around the NFL. Uh, David and Joku broke his wrist. Looks like he is going to be out. Um, they're not really sure of you know the time frame for that. Uh, if Ninjoku misses a bunch of time, I mean the, the they don't really have a, a true you know backup quarterback uh, or I'm sorry a backup wide receiver, tight end in Cleveland. Um, I think Demetrius Harris might be their backup tight end. Uh, you know if he if he misses any stretch of time, you know bump up Jarvis Landry, uh, Rashard Higgins, you know Damian Ratley, you know bump up those guys, bump up Nick Chubb. You know, I think OBJ is probably going to get his regardless. Um, but you know, you kind of you bump up some of those secondary pass catching options in in Cleveland. Uh, they looked much better Monday night against the Jets. Of course, the Jets are just horrific, but they uh, they look much better against the Jets. Um, you know, obviously, if you're an OBJ owner, you got to be encouraged by that. Uh, just going down through, you know, some other quick injury news. Looks like Tyreek Hill was back at Chiefs practice today. Um, not sure, you know, when you know or what the situation is going to be. I don't think he actually practiced, but he was back at the facility. Uh, I read a tweet. Looks like he was he was looking pretty good. Um, the Jets' offense will be, you know, a dumpster fire. Looks like uh, you know Trevor Simeon's out for the year. Darnold looking like he's going to be out for at least another week. They'll have to start Luke Falk. Uh, I mean, they had Le'Veon Bell running some read option stuff the other night. I mean, just what a train wreck. I mean, if you invested in Robbie Anderson, you know, you're you're just really you're not really getting anything out of that or, or, or what you thought at this point, you know, Jameson Crowder was kind of a ghost the other night. Um you know, Levy on Bell got an MRI last week and, and then carried the ball or touched the ball thirty one times on Monday night. I mean it's just insane. Um I mean and his his A dot is like in the negatives and, and that's like legitimate. Um and, and you know looking at looking at some guys that I think are right there on the verge of breaking out this week. Um Mike Evans pops off the page for me. Uh I think that, you know, just based on the targets he's getting and some of the air yards he's racking up, I think I think we're getting we're getting close to a Mike Evans ceiling game where we're like, you know, everybody will think, Oh man, yeah, that's that's what was more like it um curtis samuels another one um week two leader in air yards just uh, just an insane number i mean he he ended up catching i think five passes for 90 94 yards last week against the buccaneers but in terms of air yards i mean he had what 234 air yards last last week so uh a ceiling game for curtis samuel i think is coming same thing with stefan diggs uh, another big air yards guy just the one catch last week for 49 yards um you know marquise brown continues to pop off the page uh, Keenan Allen last week, 216 air yards, which is good for him. I mean, because his dot is normally, um, you know, single digits because, you know, he's more of a, a work-underneath kind of guy. But, you know, looks like they're trying to get him more involved down the field. Uh, and just going down and looking at some other guys, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, if if it were me, and i talked to Josh a little bit about this, you know, I'd be looking to acquire players right now that maybe have underachieved a little bit. You know, like I said, Mike Evans, uh, Joe Mixon, Adam Thielen, um, you know guys like that who is up to this point have not really um, performed you know even juju um, you know guys that really haven't performed the way we thought they were going to see if you can get them on the cheap uh, see if you know you get nancy owner who's who's kind of you know looking uh, to, to upgrade their team the the teams i like to target right now are the ones that are owing to or the teams that are one-on-one but just barely scrape by their week two matchup and get a win because uh, they're going to hit the panic button a little bit right now, so maybe you can get them to bail out on some of these guys that they they bought in on at draft time, and and you can get them for cheap, and you know, and improve your team. So that is all I have for this week. Again, I want to thank Josh for having me on. Uh, Like I said at the beginning, uh, right for DynastyFootballDigest.com. You can find me there, and then you can also find me on Twitter, at Jason Kimlowski. I want to wish everybody best of luck this week. Hit me up with your start-sitting questions on Twitter. Uh, You know, DMs are always open. Love to help you guys out. But best of luck on week three, and we will see you back here next week for week four. See ya.
0: All right, back with you on the Josh Kirby on Sports podcast. Thanks to Jason Kamlowski for his every week fantasy segment on all you need to know in the week of fantasy football, what you got to do to improve your teams, this and that. You know, I appreciate Jason for doing that. As always, our podcast is brought to you by Route 11 Ships and PM Plus Reserve. So back with Colin Dinsmore wrapping up week two in the national football league um the chiefs and the raiders um patrick mahomes still looking like patrick mahomes throwing four touchdowns 443 yards wow
2: it's unbelievable to have four touchdowns in one quarter you're missing mm-hmm. your best receiver Tyreek yeah, tyree Hill, is
0: tyree for several out. weeks
2: and you know you're you're using guys like Demarcus Robinson for 172 yards receiving. It was Sammy Watkins last week. Patrick Mahomes is, is just ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I tell you what, he, he he looks like what he did last year, and the Chiefs are going places. Um, and the Raiders, not too good. Um, do you think they'll be- bounce back in week three?
2: I think the bright spot is, is Josh Jacobs. Um, he's certainly very talented and a running back can only take you so far. Um, and I think obviously this is concerning for their secondary and they're going to Minnesota. Uh, I don't think it gets a whole lot easier for Oakland. So I I don't really see a quick turnaround coming for John Gruden and the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. A tough schedule ahead. Um, moving right along from the chiefs and the Raiders, over to, I believe it was, where is it here? The Bears and the Broncos. What a shootout this was. The Bears, <laughs> I think they underperformed a lot. I feel like the Bears. Oh, the offense played, looks awful. Yeah. I feel like they could have played so much better and they kept it close with the Broncos. Came down to a guy falling down with one second left and. Pedro Pinata or whatever his name Pinera, is. Pinero. Pinero. Yes, Pinero. So he kicks the game-winning field goal, but the Bears just did not look like the same Bears we saw last year.
2: Well, and I think what you also have to remember about this game is you had um, the the go-ahead two-point conversion, which I just said that I really liked, even though it didn't work out for Jacksonville, it worked for. Uh, Denver, after an offsides call, gave them another chance. Um, But Bradley Chubb was called for uh, roughing the passer on just a horrendous call. It was just a normal hit on Trubisky.
0: The reason I I bring that up
2: is is the Bears probably should have lost without that call. So had they started out 0-2, including losing to a pretty mediocre Denver team, uh, I think there's some serious concerns about has the league caught up to Matt Nagy's offense, Um, Why is Mitch Trubisky not taking that next step forward? Um, This is, you know, they need a a big showing in week three um, because they have not looked good the first two weeks, especially on offense.
0: Yeah, I mean, only 120 yards passing for Mitch Trubisky. That just does not sound like the Chicago bears to me week three is against the Redskins. So <laughs> I was just going to perfect... say,
2: you know who they can bounce back against? Maybe. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. They can bounce back against the Redskins. If they bounce back at all, mm-hmm. moving right along from the bears and the Broncos to the Rams and the saints. And another big headline here, drew breeze out in the first quarter with a hand injury, screwed my fantasy team over, and the Rams end up winning. And another controversial call social media is calling it. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. The Cam Jordan run back, they called it dead. They still got the ball, but that should have been a touchdown. Do you agree?
2: Oh, it's it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand. We can go back and fix these plays. The only thing that can make the call wrong is by blowing the whistle you can fix the clock just let it play out we can make the decision afterward Um, i I don't understand why we have replay but yet we're still beholden to um you know refs making difficult i mean it's not an easy call but i just don't understand why they're not told to hold the whistle and figure it out afterward Uh, you can still get the call right but that was a big deal i mean the saints had just lost breeze that touchdown could have changed the outcome of the game. um, And that was really unfortunate for the saints. And it's not like they haven't experienced bad calls against the Rams in the recent past. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, officiating isn't easy. Um, I don't really want to bash the officials, but um, if they're, if they're told to let it play out, then figure it out after. Um, I don't really understand why they did that why they blew the whistle, but
2: after he had recovered. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it was funny that another bad call happened in the same game, the saints against the Rams. Yep. And you, you look um, on the offensive side of the football for the saints after Drew Brees goes out, uh, Teddy Bridgewater just looked like he could not handle the offense at all. They just kept punting and, the Rams took advantage and ended up beating the Saints twenty-seven to nine.
2: I think that'll change. I think uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the highest-paid backup in the NFL. He could start for, well, certainly the Dolphins, um, who he turned down in order to come back to New Orleans to be their backup. I think with a week of practice, um, you'll see a lot better showing from Teddy Bridgewater. He's not going to be as, as strong as as Drew Brees. They do go on the road to Seattle, um, but of all the Dicey quarterback situations in the league, I I don't think there's going to be a huge drop-off. I still think the Saints uh, can be a playoff team and survive uh, six weeks of no Drew Brees.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough, in my opinion. My fantasy team is definitely struggling, (laughs) but... um Teddy Bridgewater l- like you said I do agree with the practice time practice 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 and hopefully he can get the system down and w- worst case scenario Taysom Hill has played some quarterback I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Payton throws him into the mix um next week somehow Yeah I, th- I
2: definitely think he'll get more snaps uh, than we have seen
0: when Breeze was in there for sure Yeah Taysom Hill is like a all you uh one for everything quarterback. You know Absolutely. like one for everything guy. He's played defense, special teams, offense, wide receiver, quarterback, you name it. He's a versatile athlete and one you want to keep on the team. And I think he's definitely gonna get leaned on during Drew Brees' recovery time.
2: Yeah, I mean you don't see uh too many quarterbacks being the lead protector on punts and also playing quarterback. So Taysom yeah, Hill is yeah, a who, who unique athlete. That?
0: If you saw Tom Brady being the lead protector <laughs> on a punt, I don't think that would go over well with some New England Patriots fans. I think he'd
2: so, have to improve his 40 time in order to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, it definitely be unique, but it, uh, yeah, I just love Taysom Hill and his versatility, and it's definitely going to help the Saints in some way next week.
2: But look at it the other way um, really quick. I think Seattle who struggled against Cincinnati, pulled out the win. They get the benefit of um, missing out on most of the game from Ben Roethlisberger, and now they have a home game against the Drew Breesless Saints. So we could see Seattle having some pretty good fortune leading to a potential 3-0 start. So that's something to keep in mind for next week.
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. that That could be potentially... Uh, big co- topic to cover next week and the week after. So um, moving right along, that wraps up your Thursday night and Sunday day games. We'll move into the Sunday night game with a very bad showing by the Philadelphia Eagles. Injuries really hurt them. And once again, my fantasy team was screwed when <laughs> De- Deshaun Jackson DeSean, went out. Deshaun,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That that was bad. He went under the tent, didn't even play at all. I don't think I mean he went on the field. He didn't really do much plays wise. Um it what was the deal with um Philly in that game? I, I watched till halftime. Um but Atlanta seemed to be the upper team in this game after um uh, Atlanta being- played
2: played well as they usually do at home. Um I mean we just gotta be honest, the Eagles their secondary is not very good. Ronald Darby was picked on constantly yeah. in this game, whether it was Ridley or obviously Julio. He really struggled. Um, Matt Ryan threw a red zone interception, or the game wouldn't have been as close as it was. Uh, I don't think the Eagles necessarily you know, needed to win, but uh, there were definitely some things in there that that I think they can clean up um but it was it was not a good performance um with that being said, Carson wentz was put in a difficult position, and he is still a very very talented quarterback so if they can get jeffrey back and and use Aguilar and and ertz um more efficiently next week uh, I think the Eagles could be fine um but it's not without concern
0: yeah i I don't really understand why um Zach ertz only had seventy two yards. In this game, I, I feel like he's a lot better and I feel like he's not getting the ball thrown to him eno- enough um mm-hmm. in that week one game against Washington. He only got the ball like once in the first half, but um the Eagles, I mean, they played great against Washington. That might be saying a lot, but was Washington just bad or did they just play really well? And well,
2: then- the Eagles did give up some points, especially early. Uh, to the Redskins. I, I think that's just going to be the story of this team until they can um, improve their pass rush a little bit. Um, they do have some talented players up front, but they're going to give up some points. So it, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the offense to consistently score. And on, you know, games where they struggle, like the one on Sunday night, um, they they might lose a few games that could surprise some people um, down the road.
0: Oh yeah, it, definitely. Consistency is key in the National Football League, so um, it's gonna be interesting to see with the Eagles, but they're still gonna be up there in the NFC East. But if the injuries keep piling up, and they they and they gotta improve the secondary, so um, mm-hmm.
2: well, hey, hey Jalen Ramsey could do that.
0: <laughs> hey, that might be a thing. Who, who well, knows?
2: I also think really quickly, the flip side of this is this is a huge win for Atlanta. Um, oh, yeah. They could not afford to start 0 and 2. Drew Brees goes down, and that's their biggest competition within the division. Cam Newton is hurt, and the Panthers are 0 and 2. So, if Atlanta can uh, turn this into a stretch of of a few wins, we could be looking at uh, a division favorite by the time the Brees is healthy again. So this is a must win for them, and they got it done.
0: Yeah. Um, that, yeah. Great points there, as you said, with the Falcons and Drew Brees um, getting hurt and the Eagles, um, it's just going to be a ticking time game, in my opinion, because they, they just got to get healthy, and they got to improve that secondary, like you said. But um, moving right along to a Monday night game that really not a lot happened, but the Jets— it was not good. No, it was not good. But um, some things to touch on. The Jets lost Sam Darnold, with Mon- who has Mono, and Trevor Simeon went out of the game with an ankle injury. So their third string quarterback out of Washington State, Luke Falk, 29 for 25 yard, uh, 29 for 25. And don't believe he completed a touchdown in that game, but came back a third string quarterback um, in that game. And no wonder why Cleveland won that game. But Cleveland still, they did not look that good.
2: That's what I was going to say. I I watched um, a lot of, well, let's face it. I had trouble watching it live, but I knew we were going to talk about it. So I watched some highlights. Um, Baker Mayfield is forcing throws. Uh, He's obviously very, very talented, um, but he's not patient right now. I think he's trying to to make a little bit too much happen and maybe that'll change. um, But but Cleveland has got a great opportunity in front of them, so they really need to get uh, Mayfield taking it a little bit more slowly, and I think they'll be fine. Their pass rush is pretty ridiculous. Miles Garrett had a monster game. Um, they don't need to make it too complicated to win. They've got incredible talent on offense and defense, so it, it really comes down to Mayfield staying within himself.
0: Yeah, Um. What what's your opinion on Odell Beckham?
2: Well, I don't know if you saw his one-handed catch, but he is clearly one of the best receivers in the league. Um, I like watching him play. I think he reminds me a little bit of uh, some receivers that we've seen in in my city, certainly at Pittsburgh, uh, as far as his antics go. But I mean, he's just a ridiculous talent. And I think um, he and Landry together, along with Nick Chubb, it's a really – great offense it reminds me of a basketball team um that has you know three or four stars on it the question isn't um you know whether they'll be successful it's how do they spread the ball around enough to keep everybody happy so if they can do that then i think cleveland will be um very very successful
0: yeah so obviously odell is still playing well with a 1.1 thousand dollar watch on or (laughs) a $100,000 some sort of expensive watch he's playing with. Um I'm not sure why you have to, to keep time during hey, a It's
2: for the game. brand, Josh. For the brand.
0: <laughs> for the oh just like Pat McAfee would yeah. say for the brand. But he's he's still playing well despite having a watch on his wrist. So not sure why people are making a big deal out of that but they are. Um the Browns they they got to improve. Um, I, I do like your points, like you said, but their defense with Miles Garrett, the, they looked pretty good. I watched up until halftime, and the Jets. Um, I, I think they're going to struggle until they get Sam Darnold back. I heard he was feeling better, but who knows the timetable with a uh, um, well, something they, like they Mono. They mentioned this.
2: They mentioned this on the broadcast, uh, which is something I didn't know. That apparently Mono can actually be worse for uh, adults as opposed to, um, you know, teenagers and people a little bit younger. And the the issue with football is it makes your spleen rather enlarged as you deal with the symptoms. So basically doctors aren't necessarily concerned about how he feels. They're concerned with him uh, possibly taking a hit and potentially lacerating his spleen. So it it looks like it's going to be a solid month uh, before Darnold is going to be back just because they're obviously not going to Risk their franchise quarterback.
0: Oh, yeah. um,
2: on an 0-2 start.
0: Yeah, de- definitely the Jets are, in my opinion, are going to struggle until they can get Sam Darnold back. Um, Le'Veon Bell played in that game. What do you think of Le'Veon Bell? Oh, he looked like himself. He,
2: I've watched many a Le'Veon Bell game, and he um, he did have a, a fumble as he was trying to extend uh, down into the red zone. But he's still uh, an unbelievable. Talent. Um, I don't think he envisioned things starting out this way, but uh, he and everybody that was worried about him maybe being overweight or rusty, he looks like himself. Uh, that is not a great offensive line, um, and he was making some things happen. And he's he's the only show in town uh, until Darnold is back.
0: Yes, I I do agree with that. So um, that wraps up week two in the National Football League. Um, any. Thoughts as a whole, wrapping things up on this week two segment.
2: I think I was telling you before uh, we got the show started, I think we still, we don't know more than we know at this point. So I don't want to overreact too much. Um, sometimes we focus on who's 0-2, who's 2-0. and 0, um, But certainly, I think for me, the big storylines, we got the Packers taking a big step forward. Um, somebody tell the Bears that the season started because they need to find their offense. Um, and I think Cam Newton's health is, is something to watch going forward. And then obviously, uh, the injuries and the, the trades that we discussed. So this is as eventful of a week two um, that I can remember in, the, in recent history.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, very eventful, a lot of injuries, a lot of stuff to cover. Um, I really enjoyed covering all this stuff, but, um, looking ahead to week 3 in the National Football League. Th- the Thursday night slot you have the 1 and 1 Tennessee Titans on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars who are 0 and 2. Setting up the Sunday games, you have the 0 and 2 Bengals traveling to Buffalo, the 2 and 0 Buffalo Bills. You have the Dolphins going to Arlington, Texas to face the Dallas Cowboys. I'm very excited to see how many, oh my God, <laughs> I, um, that's just not going to be a good game. The Patriots, then the Cowboys. Then you have the Broncos traveling to Green Bay to face the Packers. The Falcons and the Colts, both one and one records. The Ravens and the Chiefs, that's going to be a really tough test for that's Lamar Jackson game. facing Patrick Mahomes. He's going to be battle-testing that game, hands down. And moving on, you have the Raiders and the Vikings, um, the Jets and the Patriots, the Lions and the Eagles, the Panthers and the Cardinals, the Giants and the Buccaneers, the Texans and the Chargers, the Steelers and the 49ers, the Saints and the Seahawks in the 425 slot, the Rams and the Browns on Sunday Night Football and Monday night football, a guaranteed Redskins loss because their record <laughs> sucks on Monday night against the Chicago Bears at home, um, the Redskins and the Bears. Um, any predictions, thoughts for week three, Colin?
2: The three games that are standing out to me, um, they're going to start out with the the one that might be a little surprising, but Falcons at the Colts. Um, again, as I mentioned, I think we'll learn a lot about the NFC South moving forward. And I also don't think the Colts are quite as bad as some people think. So somebody's gonna come out of this game at two and one and that could have uh implications on their division. Um the other two I think that matter a lot. The Browns hosting the Rams in another primetime game. This could be the coming out party for the Baker and OBJ connection, or it could be, you know, a frustrating loss in prime time. So I think that one's a huge game um as far as predicting what's gonna happen next with that team. And then the big game is the one that you mentioned. Uh Ravens and, and Chiefs can Lamar Jackson keep up with Mahomes and can the Ravens defense um sort of handle Mahomes as, as best that anybody can
0: very great predictions for NFL week three. I'm excited. You're probably excited for week three and that's coming up next week on the Josh Curry on sports podcast. We'll have everything you need to know in our breakdown of each and every game, sort of like in this format. So, um, one more segment, uh, actually sort of a pop-up segment before we end this podcast, the NHL started last night with their, the first set of preseason games. And, um, I know you sort of are a hockey fan, Colin. Um what are you expecting from the NHL this season?
2: Well, uh sort of a hockey fan is, is certainly an, an operative term. I'm a Flyers fan, so uh-huh. I enjoy hockey, but I only enjoy it for about six weeks at a time before we inevitably have a terrible stretch. Um but Anything that results in the Penguins not being successful is a successful season to me. So go caps, right? We can agree on that.
0: Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I I I I cannot agree more. And the Cadbulls actually won last night, a four-to-three win in overtime against the Blackhawks. You also have the Predators beating the Panthers six to three. The Devils and the Bruins, four to three Devils. The Islanders and the Flyer over the Flyers three to one. The Canadians over the Devils four to two. The Sabers the Sabers over the Penguins five to four, and the Blues and the Stars two to nothing. Blues the Canucks and the Flames three to two. The Oilers and the Jets two and two to zero. And the Flames and the Canucks, 4-3 to three Flames. And as you know, starting off the NHL season, Colin, you have the two recent Stanley Cup champions, the St. Louis Blues and the Washington Capitals. The NHL elected to suspend Evgeny Kuznetsov for three games for violation of cocaine use, even though it's not an uh, illegal substance in the eyes of the NHL Um they were still, they still banned him for, suspended him for three games. So, um, uh, what what do you think about that whole Evgeny Kuznetsov situation? I
2: think it's it's very interesting how different leagues handle um, their high profile players, and certainly with their suspension policies. Um, obviously, cocaine is not a performance enhancing drug, uh, but I was a little surprised when I saw the headline uh, come across. I, I thought three games seemed a little light um just based on what how other sports handle things like this, but um you know, maybe there was some leniency. I'm not sure if he's a repeat offense or not, but um I think the overall, I just think the n h l uh has a lot of lessons that they can teach some of the other leagues as far as um how they discipline players for the stuff that actually happens um you know on the ice, and I also think their off season is a little bit more exciting than. Uh, certainly than the baseball off season one uh, was last year. So uh, the NHL is they know what they're doing uh, at least in recent years.
0: Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. October uh, the hockey off season is probably one of the shortest off seasons I have ever seen. I'm mean, I'm excited. Hopefully the Caps can make it back to a Stanley Cup. So. Since the caps are actually good now. So um, that wraps up the Josh Kirby on sports podcast. Um, Colin, any last words for the fans out there?
2: I just wanted to give you a big congratulations. I'm really pleased with seeing you've got all these episodes together. You've got big names like Clinton Portis. Um, I just think that this is a, such a great venture for you to get into this podcast. And I really appreciate listen, listening to what you've been doing. So congratulations.
0: Yeah, I, I greatly appreciate that, and um, it could it could you helped me along the way. We used to talk in class. Yes, he was my government <laughs> teacher. Yes, ladies. Hey, we had we player. had
2: time in government, right? We had to cover the important things like fantasy sports. That's oh yeah, that's how it goes.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I I remember I walked in after the Steelers beat the Redskins, and like, yeah, did you go behind the woodshed and um. <laughs> That was funny, but I, Colin, you're, you're a pretty big sports fan. I'm glad I was able to get you on and you're most definitely always welcome on the podcast whenever you'd like. Um, once again, the Josh Kirby on sports podcast is part of the Mayo Please podcast network brought to you by rat 11 chips and PM plus reserves. Make sure you find us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're also on youtube and all streaming platforms apple podcasts spotify google play and youtube so make sure you find us on there and until next week excuse me i also have to thank dave johnson and jr beats official as always till next week we say so long and peace out we'll catch you on the next episode so long oh, oh, oh.